Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. Well, hey there, and welcome to Above Par. This is my first full episode. It's episode two, but the first episode was a little bit about the description of what's going to go on here. And I am videoing this as well as recording it for the podcast, just because personally, I just do better when I see a camera. I think I've just done so many videos. And when I end up talking into a microphone, I just don't feel, uh, I don't feel as connected. So I'm going to video as many of these as I can, and you'll be able to watch those on YouTube and the connection or the, um, the links will be in the description on both of those sites, wherever you're catching me, you can watch, listen to the podcast. If you're seeing this on YouTube or vice versa, you can uh, watch it on YouTube. But today, what I wanted to talk about was uh, why golf is so mental, right? That phrase that we use that golf is just a very mental sport. And I'm personally not a big fan of the term mental, but it's used a lot, right? Even Jack Nicholas is known to have said that golf would don't, don't even tell me that golf is not 99.9% mental, right? That's that's a lot of mental, right? And his instructor for a while, Jim Flick, who um, I had the honor of, he was one of my first mentors, actually, uh, when I got into teaching and I, I taught in the Nicholas Flick Golf Schools. I was the first female instructor in there. And he was a he was a big influence on my teaching career. But he said that golf is 90% mental and the other 10% is mental. So I want to talk about why it's such a big deal, why we use that phrase, what it actually means and how it applies to you and maybe what you're struggling with on the golf course. So in my opinion, Mental has some negative connotations to it, right? If there's some, there's some, you can either think of it, I guess, as being just a really something about your thoughts, or you can think of it have like that you have a problem, that there's something that is going wrong with you, right? And that, in that sense, I really don't like the term mental. No matter how much talent you have, how great your skill is, if you can't think control or manage your thoughts and your emotions around the golf course, it doesn't matter, right? You can't take that skill out there. That's what Jack and Jim were talking about, right? They're talking about that. It doesn't matter how much skill you have. The game is managed and controlled in your mind, right? So they use the term mental, you know, the, the phrase mental game comes up a lot. I'm not a big fan of that. I don't think there's a game to it. And this is why you have one brain. You're using it the same way as you do off the golf course, as you do on the golf course, right? We just haven't made the connection on how to do that. And for most of us, we have mismanaged minds anyway. We're never taught how to manage our minds uh, and our thinking and our emotions in any part of our life. And then we throw golf into it, right? And then it becomes a little bit of a cluster, so to speak. So I'm not a big fan of the term mental, right? <laughs> just because I just, like I said, I think it has a lot of negative connotations, right? Sometimes the term comes up, it's in your head or you're a basket case or you're a head case or you're just not mentally tough enough, right? None of those feel very good, right? They just, they make you, they, they challenge your self-worth and your self-esteem. You could be one of the most talented 
people off the golf course, very successful, right? You've smart and you've had a lot of success with different areas of your life. And then you get out to the golf course and you're like, who am I? Right. And then people are telling you you're a basket case and your head case and you're, and it doesn't feel, it just doesn't feel very good. I was totally called all those terms. So I, I can appreciate that, right? It doesn't, it doesn't feel that great. So if you looked up mental in the dictionary, a lot of other terms pop up like foolish and senseless and witless and irrational and unreasonable, ballistic, bananas, berserk, right? It's, I just think sometimes the term can have a negative connotation. Really the, the one definition that I like is that it's just relating to the mind or involving the process of thinking. I think that's the best way to think, to think about it is that it involves the process of thinking instead of the other connotations, like there's, there's a mental disorder or there's a mental health issue, or there's something else going on. So as far as I'm concerned, the mental game, finger quotes on that really just has to do with your thinking, your thinking process and how you manage your emotions on the golf course. That is the ultimate goal. Thinking and managing your emotions on the golf course, right? Then you're going to be able to take more, more or most of your talent out onto the golf course. So what is going on up there in that brain of yours, right? So I want to talk about that. And this is the thing. You basically have two parts of your brain that I'm going to focus on, right? On my, my, on my golf pro uh, life coach mentality, we have two parts of your brain, right? You have the prefrontal cortex, which is that part of your brain that does problem solving, emotional control, intelligence, uh, behavior control, it makes decisions, it's concentration and judgment that all happens in your prefrontal cortex. That's what we want on fire, right? When we're out there playing golf. Then we also have the primitive part of our brain, which is the back of your brain. It has not evolved much since caveman days. It is, um, it's the part of your brain that is the often called the reptilian brain or the chimp brain. It's the oldest part of your brain. And it really just has not changed. And it's only goal is survival, right? Think of it as the caveman's in the cave and he's going and looking out into this dangerous universe, trying not to get eaten by a saber toothed tiger, right? We, we have not evolved much from those days. We're constantly looking for ways to survive. The difference is, is that today our perceived threats aren't as physical as they were as um, in the prehistoric times. Now it's a little bit more social, right? It's based on failure and success and status rather than that physical element of actually uh, physical pain or getting eaten alive, right? And your brain is very negative. It wants you to survive. So it discourages you to get in front of danger. It's constantly, and you probably have experienced this a bunch, right? It's constantly talking and chatting um, when you're in danger or you're in those situations and becomes very negative, right? It's just part of its job. It's trying to tell you to go home, get under the covers, watch movies and eat popcorn, right? Or go into the locker room and have a drink and watch TV, right? Whatever. It's telling you just to, just to, it's trying to keep you safe. Another analogy that you can think of what happens with your brain when you start seeing danger is that imagine you're in a room with a, a an animal that you don't like, a snake. My daughter would not mind being in a room with a snake. I would. A snake, an alligator, a tiger, right? When you go into that room, 
your brain is not going to sit there and instantly start telling you, you know, it's okay. Things are going to be just fine. It is constantly keeping its eye on the tiger or the animal, whatever it is. It's constantly looking for the danger, right? You, your senses are totally aware of all the danger around you. You're not going to be able to use the front of your brain so quickly to start reasoning on, um, you know, that everything is going to be okay. And this is what happens in golf and in life, right? So now, you go on to the golf course and I can't think of any other area where there is a lot of danger, right? Okay. Yes. You're not going to get hurt, but it is that social perceived danger. There is water and out of bounds and rough and people and bunkers, right? And then there's the results that happen in golf, which can affect that feeling, that status feeling, or that feeling of success where we perceive danger with failure or embarrassment or disappointment, right? So there's so much danger on there and we're not prepared that or knowledgeable that our brain is actually perceiving that as danger. And that's why all the negative thoughts kind of pop up, all that stress and anxiety pops up. It is just really your brain's way of trying to keep you safe, which is good news, right? We want our brain to do that, right? But this is the thing. When you start seeing all the danger, your brain starts to conserve energy. And when it conserves energy, it doesn't give you access to the front of your brain where you make those good decisions and you concentrate, right? You're in the back of your brain. And each one of us has kind of a uh, stress load. Let's, and I like to think of it as like a, a, a glass, right? So like if you are going to fill the glass up, each one of us might have before it overflowed, have different heights of glass, right? No problem. It's not a big deal. But when we overflow that when we have too much, too much stress going on, or we're, we're as, as golf goes, right? We're just a little, we have too much firing from the back of our brain going on, too much stress going on, too much negative thinking. We're finding too many areas that are, that we find that is dangerous, even on a, like I said, a social level or a personal level, then we go into that fight or flight, right? We are, we really shut down and we don't think so clearly. And the fight or flight is that people show up differently or there's faint and there's a uh, freeze and faint, right? Which I haven't seen too many people faint on the golf course but that just shuts down your brain. This is just good information, right? This is just something that's good to know that you can start being aware of. It's good to know that when you're on the golf course, those your brain perceives a lot of the hazards around you, whether it's uh, the physical uh, golf course hazards or there's people or the results that you have in your head as hazards um, goes right into the primitive brain and into that kind of fight or flight situation. So the goal is to stay in your logical brain, stay in your prefrontal cortex and to reduce the stress, right? And to manage your anxious thoughts and your negative thoughts. And this is a lot of what the tactics that people teach you on how to manage yourself on the golf course, right? That probably the mental game component kind of comes in as far as different tactics to do, visualization, breathing, pre-shot routine, all those things are really just trying to get you out of the back of your brain and to the front of your brain so that you can focus on the task at hand. Are they useful? Sure, they're useful. I think they're totally useful. I think you should put them in your toolbox of different things to do, right? But it's also it's also very valuable when you're trying to go through your pre-shot routine or you're trying to breathe through, yeah, I'm going to hit the ball in the water. I'm going to hit the ball in the water. And you try to take deep breaths through that when you can't seem to quiet that part of your brain, right? I think it's very valuable to know how to do those skills, which is what, which is what I teach and, and sh- will show you how to do. So your big take- takeaway from this podcast is that I want you just to start to be aware that 
the terminology mental is not my favorite because I just want you to think of it as a thinking process. You just have a thinking brain and you're trying to manage your thoughts and your emotions. That's it, right? There is no, you're not mental. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with you, right? It's, um, it's just part of your brain doing its job. You just have a mismanaged brain, which I totally have, which most people had. Right. So this is good news right? that there's nothing wrong with you. And then the other thing is to be on to yourself, to understand that your brain is just doing its job. It's going to see the danger out there. It's going to put you on high alert. And then all your thoughts are going to start chattering. And that's why you feel like you struggle a little bit with uh, feeling like you're in control out there. Right. And getting to be able to get the results that you want. What I'm going to do in the next podcast is I'm going to talk a little bit more about how you can get control over your thoughts and what's the next step in going forward with once you start to be aware of the thoughts that you have going on, then what, then what are we going to do? And we're going to talk about that in the next podcast. So stay with me. All right. See you then. Hey, I appreciate you listening and I would love to share this with more golfers. So if you know anybody, please send them this way, click the subscribe button, give me a rate and review. It'll help other people find it. I really appreciate it. All right. Talk to you next week.